Welcome to The Scott Townsend Show, brought to you by Dietzo Man Productions. Uh, you want to go into the top five yeah. things recruiters wish all job seekers knew? Oh, man. So, <clears throat> I, I got a couple angles on this. All right. Um, no update is a no until you are told about the next steps in the process. As a job seeker and you're dealing with a recruiter or even a somewhere where you've interviewed, if you haven't heard anything, you have to assume it's a no until you hear otherwise. Hmm. Meaning yeah. the silence will kill a job seeker's soul. Hey, this is Scott Townsend. Welcome back to the Scott Townsend Show. And today I have with me a recruiter extraordinaire, Glenn Hall with Coltech Consulting. Glenn, how's it going? Good, man. Happy to be here. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah, glad you glad you could make it. I think this is going to be, a, I know this is going to be an interesting topic. So Glenn's with Coltech Consulting. He's a, uh, that's his business and he's a recruiter in the manufacturing space. Um, air and oil and gas, uh, all that stuff. So all manufacturing, yes, all manufacturing, yeah. So he's had years of experience in recruiting, and so he and I were talking the other day about, you know, what what is it that recruiters want job seekers to know? So Glenn, Glenn's got some ideas. Uh, five. Five things every recruiter wishes job seekers knew. So those of you out there listening, watching, hopefully this will help you with your either job search or job transition, or maybe you're looking to change jobs and uh, you kind of want to get some inside baseball, uh, aside from just the LinkedIn profile and the, and the you know, a nice resume, blah, blah, blah. Um so, Glenn, I'm going to turn it over to you. What's the number? Sure. Should we go from one to five or five to one? Yeah, one to five is fine. I, I got. Right. I thought I'd start with three myths. Three okay. Myths. All right. Myths. Uh, first myth: Recruiters uh, don't find jobs for you. They find people for jobs, not jobs for people. So we are contracted by clients, companies who need specific talent we have to go find that talent if you're right. a job seeker and you hit up a recruiter but you don't fit what they need you may not be able to again they may want to work with you in the future another opportunity down the line whatever that looks like but they may not be able to engage with you now because they are we are driven by client needs not your needs as a job seeker yeah that's okay that's that's a, that's a good one to know. That's it's like a real estate agent. We we work for the we work for the seller, not the buyer. Right, right. Cool. Uh, number two. Uh, number two myth. Number two myth: the applicant tracking system has a human looking at your resume. It's not lost in a black hole or whatever you think it is. There are lots of automation streaming this thing. We use all different systems. I use a system that goes out to probably 75 boards, but there is a human looking at it at the end of the day. Hmm. My counsel and encouragement focus on how you are getting that human to engage with your branding material. Purpose of a resume is a conversation. It will never get you a job. Hmm. 
That's good to know, too. So there is somebody looking. Again, you get different versions of this, right? Some of mm-hmm. these large companies, tech companies, especially that are hiring hundreds and thousands of literally extremely niche type jobs. They are mm-hmm. very sophisticated in their systems with people, internal recruiters, sourcers versus recruiters versus onboarding. It's lots of layers. Mm-hmm. My business is pretty simplistic compared to a lot of the recruiting empire's world because I work with a lot of small privately held manufacturers in Northeast Oklahoma, Central Oklahoma. I do work with some bigger companies in the auto industry. Most of my clients do not have HR or even in-house recruiting. I just work with the hiring manager direct. Very oh. different. So there's law, there's lots of layers to this. Right, right. All right, number 3. Number 3. There is no really there is no hidden job network. And I only say that to say it, it can be found via your networking and connecting efforts as a job seeker. So all jobs exist out there in some level of public deal, but the, this sort of, I call it an internet myth of the hidden job board, uh, hidden job market. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of believe some of that, but in reality, if you're doing what we would coach at, I coach as a, as a career coach, I coach as just who, you know, volunteer at overcoming job transition. If you're doing networking, connecting, you're going to go and end up where jobs are found. And this is beyond job boards. It includes job boards in that world of jobs. So it's not what you know, it's who you know? Is that what you're saying? Correct. In nine years of recruiting, we've tracked it. I have 60% of my placements have been people who were referred to me or I found through reaching out to them. Like I connected to them in some way. Hmm. And that can be as crazy as the brother of my specialist doctor who happened to ask about my supply chain book. Hmm. I placed his brother 10 days later in a supply chain job and he moved here from Kansas. Who knew, right? Miracle worker. It, it, that my doctor asked about a book I was carrying. Cause you normally in a doctor's office, you're not asking about their family and right. If they need a job, he asked me, <laughs> I had a placement in 10 days. Wow. Crazy. So you, you, by, by being connecting and you will uncover the hidden job market. People say, well, there's nothing on job boards. Your, your experience, your profile, your skills may not fit what is being posted out there at the moment by a recruiter or by a, a company or a or any kind of other firm. So think about that. That's you, crazy. You, you will find things that are hidden by, con, by reaching out and connecting. And you have to have a value proposition, know your story, connect, mm-hmm. you know, talk to people about their problems, ask them how you help them. How you help others? So the, you know, so the myth of a hidden job. Well, it's a hidden job board, man. I can't find it. Well, what do you? What are you? Where are your activity? Where is it taking you? Is my sort of counter to that myth, right? Uh, you want to go into the top five yeah. things recruiters wish all job seekers knew? Oh man! So <clears throat> I, I got a couple angles on this. All right. Um, no update is a no until you are told about the next steps in the process. As a job seeker and you're dealing with a recruiter 
or even a somewhere where you've interviewed, if you haven't heard anything, you have to assume it's a no until you hear otherwise. Mm. Meaning yeah. the silence will kill a job seeker's soul. <laughs> yeah. The silence. And yeah. it kills a recruiter, it kills a recruiter's soul when I don't hear from clients. But mm-hmm. I have to assume no is no update is equal to a no hmm. in, in how I plan my life. This and that was just I, I treat that as a recruiter. If it, so if a client hasn't responded to my candidate that I think is pretty good for them, I have to assume they're not interested in that candidate and we're moving on. Hmm. Or we got to find another home for that candidate at another client need. Right. Top secret, same thing. You haven't heard back from them. Maybe you had a great interview, whatever. Maybe they've gone silent. Again, there's lots of things going on behind the curtain of a company that are mm-hmm. valid business reasons for not to, to engage you. Don't, mm-hmm. you know, it, your job is to move forward. So how long should a person uh, wait before they assume, you know, probably it's probably not a day, but. No, I, you know, I counsel uh, another, not, yeah, that's a good one. That's a good segue. Be persistent, not a pest. That's another thing I find myself saying a lot. Be persistent, not a pest. So most job seekers are not persistent. And they're certainly not pests. In fact, most of them are flies on the wall, just waiting for the internet to find them in their corner of the earth. Yeah. Well, that's, man, that's brutal. Hmm. But if you have your branding material, again, you can get found. But this is about follow-up. You ask about follow-up. Right. You know, initially... First of all, write a handwritten thank you note. (gasps) I said handwritten in the age of the internet and we're on Zoom. Right. And and, and send an email, both. Like, you know, you you may interact with someone where you don't know their physical address. Well, then you obviously write an email, but do both if you can. Right. That's immediate. And then after that, seven, no more than seven days follow up. I would say for for the first 30 days, follow up every seven days. First month, follow up every week. After that, maybe every two or three weeks. And you can go to monthly. I can tell you a story. I once followed up with three people for 18 months, monthly. Finally got a job. Hmm. Yeah. I believe Again, that. don't be a desperately seeking job seeker. You know, that movie, Des- Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm old enough to... That dates me, but anyway, <laughs> add value, right? During that interview process, you heard some things that they problems they have. Mm-hmm. You re- read the link, send them a link. You know, when you follow up, try to add some value. Mm-hmm. All right. So be persistent, not a pest. Uh, no, did, you, did you hit number three or are we at number? That three? was number three. That was number three. Yeah. No update is a no until you hear otherwise. Be persistent, not a pest is number three. Number four, pointing fingers at others makes never serves you. We always use the uh, this. You point a finger. Guess how many fingers are pointing back at me? Yeah, three. Mm-hmm. Be very careful, right? Less is more, but you have to have a logical story as to why you're talking to the your audience. Why'd you Why'd you leave your last job? And they, they may they have may have made the choice for you to leave, or you have may have made the choice to leave. But you have to. Exp- logically tell me your story. And I like to hear people's logic of their moves. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just work on that. Work on that with your friends. Talk to your 
trusted confidence, practice. Mm-hmm. So number one is no update is a no. Number two, be persistent, not a pest. And number three is what? Pointing fingers at others makes pointing. Okay, pointing, pointing fingers at others points three back at yourself. Yeah. Be careful. And then number four. Um, all experience is good experience. How are you positioning it for your current focus? I, I find myself saying that all the time. And I and I am an advocate that you don't need to date all that experience, depending on how you want to position yourself. We know we know ageism exists. We I get I still get client requests. Glenn, I want this person to be uh, a certain age range. And I go, really? I, <laughs> so I constantly steer that client back to, okay, these are skills and abilities we want to. Your job as a job seeker, communicate how you are unique and what problem you solve. I believe all your experience is part of all of your story. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe you're some of your earlier jobs. Maybe you're in a cash job right now that you don't want to put on your resume I, I, that's fine but it may be part of your story mm-hmm. and you would appropriately position it as part of your story right i have literally had people cut experience off because they've been told to cut it off because of their age or whatever now I find out what it is i go oh hey hey i got another job i literally put a lady into a different job than we started the conversation with once i learned some of her prior experience hmm. okay. And again, sometimes people work at unique companies. I would I would put unique as you're in the military. You whatever you did early in your life that makes you unique. That's not something to be hidden. I think it's something to be told as part of your story. Again, maybe you don't date it. Maybe you minimize it. Maybe we position it differently on your branding material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but all experience is good experience. How are you positioning it for your current opportunity? And then, last but not least. Number five. Oh man, a drum roll here. Let me. Th- ah, it's not a. It's not a buildup. Um, <laughs> this is about recruiters. So we thrive on referrals. However, let's qualify that. We need them for our client needs. Number one, we got a need for a hot whatever it is. That's the referral we need. Number two, clients who can use our services. Clients that in our sector, in our industry, in our region, whatever it is you work as a recruiter or, again, know that. Random job seekers, not in our sector, not in our, not in our industry, not in our region, very distant third. Doesn't mean you can't help them, but that's, it's just a lower priority. And a right. lot of recruiters give tons and tons of time because they're in the space, volunteer-wise. Oh, my gosh. It's way beyond overcoming job transition locally here in Tulsa. It's huge. There's a huge amount of recruiters out there who give very generously and create great tools. Um, and I've found them very helpful as I've gotten into recruiting. Because I got into recruiting the last nine years, but for 20, what, goodness, 24 years before that, I was an engineering operations guy. I did a lot of recruiting in-house. Hence, I ended up as a recruiter, but I didn't, I didn't grow up in HR recruiting. Like me. So re- recruiters are looking for referrals. 100% all the time. And, and just, just know when you help them help their clients, you, you stay top of the mind. So if I'm working with Scott, he's a candidate in marketing, but I don't have any marketing jobs, but can't, uh, Scott sends me a school mechanical engineer that I end up placing or I end up working with or whatever. 
I'm going to remember Scott. Mm-hmm. Funny how that works. Right. Even though Scott's trying to get a job or whatever he's trying to do himself, I'm going to remember Scott when he helps me with a, a, a more, you know, urgent need. Right. When you help your network, when you help others first without any trying to get something out of it or do something for yourself, it's amazing mm-hmm. how that comes back to you. And I don't believe in karma, but I believe that it does work. You, you stay top of the mind by doing mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Glenn, I met this person. Thought, And some people don't quite dial that in. Mm-hmm. The people that dial that in with your local recruiter better, you're a better resource for them. So know your know your recruiter especially know their know your recruiter industry, right? So if so it's getting to know people for you for you if I was uh, okay, so I know Glenn Hall. He's a recruiter. He's in the manufacturing space. Uh, he recruits for uh, manufacturing companies. So if I run across somebody who is uh, looking for a job, let's say. Um, they're an engineer or they're in automotive or they've had experience in aero aerospace or right uh, could be heavy equipment it could be oil and gas oil and gas interesting and they say action here so yeah so then then what i would do then is say uh, hey glenn i've got there's this guy over here so do i reach out to the recruiter and tell them about this person or do i tell the person to reach out to the recruiter it, it can be both. We, we talk about referrals at different levels. I'll get kind of blind ones and then I'll get people introducing us or asking permission. And I think the better you can personalize that introduction with whatever level we talk about a referral versus recommendation, very different, right? If yep. you're, if you can recommend someone you've, I might, how I classify that I've worked with them. I've dealt with them in a professional manner. Okay. Re- referring someone can be lots of levels, right? I know them on a personal level. I've, I've met them. I've gotten to know about their skills and abilities, or I just, or I don't even know them very well. And it's kind of a second, third degree. Oh, okay. So the, the better you can personalize that referral to someone, the better I prioritize it on the top of my activity. Hence 60% of my placements in nine years have come through the referral network. They always sort of inject themselves versus the blind applicants or people sort of blindly connecting to me. Hmm. Although I, this is, yeah. no, go ahead. No, go that's ahead. That just, it's encouragement for your network activity. Mm-hmm. It works, it works best that way in all phases, but especially even interacting with recruiters and recruiters don't always call back, but we're listening, right? Mm-hmm. That's like awesome. your network is, I would encourage you to think about. Glenn, I know you got to go, but I really appreciate yeah. your time and uh, the uh, the top three myths and the top five things recruiters wish job seekers knew. So, uh, yeah, that was really that was very good. We'll have to have you back sometime, and maybe we'll do okay. a, top, a top ten list or something. Okay, man. Thank you for your time, man. Appreciate you. So, for Glenn Hall, this is Scott Townsend. Thanks for watching, and listening to the Scott Townsend Show. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you.
The Scott Townsend Show is a Dietzo Man production. For more episodes, visit the Scott Townsend Show YouTube channel, listen on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Scott.